0: hi I'm Jen this is gardening out loud it is Sunday August 13th it's about 730 in the morning and it's a little cool right now but I think it's gonna be a beautiful summer's day let's take a quick lap garden this morning see what's happening and then I think I'm gonna talk about containers today because I haven't talked much about those the roses are in their second flush they are looking beautiful smelling beautiful I cut a bunch of the Desdemona and brought them into the house and I just kept smelling them because I was trying to pinpoint exactly what that fruity scent is. And I think it's a bit passion fruity. And that's just really cool that a flower makes that kind of scent. In my long side beds, things are looking a little shaggy, they could use some attention, but that's okay. A little shaggy is kind of my vibe. <sighs> some of the syerinthi is going over, and some of it is doing fine. I assume that's because it wants to be cut frequently, and I didn't cut it frequently enough. Tomatoes are for the most part looking great. beans still producing the cosmos a riot Uh, but I did you might be wondering check them a little bit my beautiful cucumbers that I'm just in love with are delivering many tasty morsels I do tend to run into a problem where squirrels like to take the baby cucumbers and run away with them and eat them which is annoying but you know what? This this one plant is producing quite a lot, so I'm not too concerned. Oh, here we have a Joe Pye weed that I replanted at an inopportune time. So this is a native plant. It tends to like wetter conditions, and I've put it not in wet conditions, so I don't really have those. But you know, I've seen it thrive in drier places here in Toronto. And I wanted to include it because it's such a great native plant. And I transplanted it (laughs) moving it on my bike when it was about five feet tall. Not normally when you transplant a thing, but Joy was digging up her garden and that's when it was available. So needs must. And you know what? It's doing okay. It's actually putting on some new buds which is a sign that it's feeling kind of comfortable and so I am optimistic that that one's going to survive to next year the pole beans are still producing like mad so these are the purple peacock they come first and then I grow another kind called blue lake and they come after and that works pretty well I'm just picking some while we're here Dahlia's continue to come on, so hollyhock is, oh, she is magnificent. That color, looking so great. The Lakeview Peach Vez, of course, continues to shine. Let's get some more beans while we're here. You need to keep picking beans, because if you don't, oh no, I just broke off a whole stem of baby beans. That's a bummer. You need to keep picking beans because if you don't the plant will think it has done its work. I can see here a little baby honey nut squash. We'll see if these make it to maturity. I see no signs of bacterial wilt which is really reassuring for me and basically no powdery mildew. Normally by this time that might be setting in and so maybe we'll actually get some right squash and soon there will come a time when I'll have to start pulling off the new babies because it needs to focus on the fruit it has already made. But uh, so far, so good. I wish it were climbing the fence better as it normally does, but we remember the fence saga, so we're just seeing what happens. There are some weeds here amongst the dahlias, but it's not too bad. I do no-dig gardening, which means I generally don't turn the soil unless I'm digging potatoes or something. And that theoretically helps keep the weeds down because it's not turning up new weed seeds all the time. I also put down some leaf mold. Mold is a good thing in this case. I did put down some leaf mold on this area, which is a kind of mulch and that's probably helping a little bit too, but throughout the garden, the weeds, not so bad. The side bed, as I was saying, needs a little attention, but I am looking at a cosmos Apricot lemonade plant. It is one plant. It is as tall as me, so it is five seven, and it has about four major stems, and then another ten smaller stems coming off it. And all of this started from one seedling. It's amazing. This was the first one to go in as a seedling because I actually bought it at the Scadding Court plant sale that I was working at. And so it went in the, before the rest of them so it kind of got some key advantages i think and now it's taller than all the cosmos and more sizable and so that's an interesting thing to note with timing here's the third dahlia to enter the mix this one is a new one that i'm growing for the first time it's white it has thinner petals and lots of them and it's called a caris 150 i think i got this from a french dahlia grower and this was one of the growers like top picks. And like, generally I'm not getting out of bed for a white dahlia. And I already grow boom boom, which is quite a prolific white dahlia. But you know what? If a dahlia grower recommends one, I'm going to take it seriously. And she's quite beautiful. So thank you, Oboe pray for that. <laughs> I have a nine bark here with like dark purple leaves. Uh, what is the name of it? It's escaping me. I grow it for foliage for bouquets it is huge it's taller than me and you know that's what nine barks do they are a very vigorous plant and some of them are native this cultivar isn't native but I do have a native one at the back and uh, I think beautiful seed pods too uh, a worthwhile thing to have in the garden if you have the space for it mine is competing with the raspberries which is quite impressive <laughs> because raspberries are vigorous in themselves. One thing I just harvested for the first time, because I've been kind of remiss, is uh, I'm growing a sprouting broccoli for the first time. This one is called Aspa Brock, because it's supposed to taste a bit like asparagus. And having never grown it before, I wasn't really on top of how often it should be harvested, and I had a bunch of nice florets that flowered very quickly. However... I did harvest some the other night and it was sweet and tender and lovely. And so I think I'm going to grow it again. I'm just going to be a little bit more attentive when those florets come up and chop them right off because we eat a fair amount of broccoli. I did plant some mescaline mix in some of the area where one of my garlic areas. I think it's late enough that it, the seed will germinate after about 25 degrees, it's not going to germinate. So we're kind of betting on the weather here, but I put it down before the rain yesterday. So it would get a nice watering in and I did about half the space and I'm going to do the other half about a week later to stagger that planting because mescaline is a cut and come again. So you'll cut it off when it's quite young and, and eat it up, but it's going to give you a little less lettuce. So staggering your plantings that way can be really useful. I did that in my container up on the fire escape. I had a great box that's about six inches deep, a vintage thing that I found on the street where I find so many good things. And I did that half and half rotation and it worked beautifully. That's not a very deep container, so there are a lot of things I wouldn't grow in there, but salads don't have very deep roots, especially ones you're going to harvest young. And so I gave it a shot. It was perfect, lush, beautiful, wonderful mix. I ate a few great salads out of it. And then a raccoon came and shot in it. And that was very disappointing because I had this lush, beautiful lettuce that now I can't eat. In fact, I have to throw it all the soil in that container and another food container with an old chive plant I was growing up there because raccoon poo can have very toxic worms in it. And that can be lethal for other animals, including humans. And so you can't screw around with the raccoon poop. And so... If we're talking about containers today, that was both a great container success and a heartbreak of the year because the raccoons quashed my victory. And I should really know better. We have a family of raccoons that lives in our yard, the neighbor's yard, every year. There's always new raccoons, and they love to mess around in those planters. But now, actually, there was three of my planters that became raccoon litter boxes, and so i think i need to give up growing food on the fire escape they don't poop in any of my downstairs planters there's like something about the fire escape that is very alluring i don't know that they're just they're naughty little curious creatures so the lesson of the year is stop tempting the raccoons which is too bad because my apartment's on the third floor and it's really nice to have (laughs) little bits of food that don't require three flights of stairs to get But it is not to be. So, oh well. Lesson learned. Downstairs, the planters are going pretty well. I have always found it much easier to grow in soil. It is incredibly forgiving. Because there are more nutrients available. It can hold more moisture. They seem to be less prone to the interferences of animals. And so... When I have this large, roughly 600 square feet of in-ground growing space, less necessary to grow in containers. And yet, (laughs) containers find their way to me, and I get tempted, and I think it's something that's worth practicing. So here's what I'm doing in containers this year. I have two hive boxes, not the full stack, but but each section of a hive box about for bees, they're about a foot high and kind of two feet by one and a half feet. And those I have right near the garden where there's good sun, a way of kind of extending the garden. And in one, I have roughly heirloom to- tomato whose name I'll bungle if I try right now. But I can put it in the newsletter and in the podcast notes. And that one is growing pretty well. It's not quite keeping pace with the ones in the garden, but good enough that I'm happy. I also stuck a chard in there. I have a little Tulsi in there because who can plant just one thing? And the other one, I have my ground cherry. Hard to say how that one's going. I haven't grown this in a while. I think it's a little low, but we'll see. Right now, if I squeeze the husk of the cherries, they are quite small. But you know what? We're we're waiting it out. And it's actually branching quite wide, so it might work out. I've also overcrowded this planter a bit. I have four charred plants in here. I have a couple of calendula plants. Maybe there's a bit too much competition happening in there. Oh! (sighs) I also did not know, but I do have a cucamelon plant in there. A mouse melon, and it has resourcefully climbed up the tomato cage that I put in there just to kind of keep the ground cherry steady and protect it a little. That is very cute. This might be the year of the cucumber in the garden. So many in there, they're determined to make their mark. So we have those containers. We have a blueberry that I'm growing in a container here, which is... A Duke blueberry, I sold the tag on it, that I would have picked up on clearance at Loblaws at some point. And it was unhappy in the main garden because the soil is on the alkaline side and it wants acidic soil to do well. So I have a couple other blueberry bushes that are kind of ailing in there, but I decided to try this one in a larger terracotta pot. And this is its second or third year in this pot. And you know what? It's doing very well. I overwinter it outside, which is really risky given the terracotta pot could crack. But I cover it over a bit and protect it with some leaves, bags of leaves to insulate it a bit. And so far it hasn't cracked. It's kind of a miracle. And it is fruiting. It's never fruited better than this year. So it might be finally getting in stride. Blueberries produce on the wood from the year before. So it might've needed some time in there in those more acidic conditions to put up good stems for fruiting in subsequent years. Beside it, I have a scented geranium. It's a Rose of Avatar one, I think. Oh, I love scented geranium. This is a plant that I got last year at Urban Harvest. It's tender, so it's not a perennial. It won't overwinter, but I took cuttings of it and left the cuttings inside and so this plant which is big and bushy just started from a cutting it hasn't flowered but that's okay because really what i like it for is the mm, beautiful scented foliage which i use in bouquets sometimes and it's doing great in its little terracotta pot then we have the most exciting experiment of the year where pots are concerned so over by the house There was a sunny, warm spot, and I decided to try growing a tomato here because it's a hot spot, and we've talked about before, knowing where the warm spots are or the cool spots or the shady spots or the sunny spots in your garden. And so I took an old-timey recycling bin. These are the kind that are only a couple feet high, maybe three feet wide, before we made quite so much recycling. And I put a coyote tomato seedling in there that was, you know what, the brunt of the litter. Coyote is my favorite cherry tomato. It is a big, sprawling tomato. But truly, I wasn't sure how it would perform. And let me tell you, this really <laughs> reaffirmed how important it is to have a plant in the right place because this tomato shot up well ahead of the ones in the garden which as I mentioned it's easier to grow in the garden and this one is now I'm gonna say nine feet tall And I wasn't prepared for it to get this tall. I only have supports up to about seven feet. And so now the tip of it has actually flopped down. And I think that a lot of things are gonna die off because nutrients aren't gonna flow as well through this bent stem. However, it is quite a thing to behold. And I've actually secured it to the wall with a wire. I tied it into that wire And boy, oh boy, if you have the opportunity to grow a tomato up a warm, sunny wall, give it a try, because it is astonishing. I got this idea, by the way, by visiting Maria's garden last year, and she had grown tomatoes up the wall of her house in, again, very large containers. It is important to give them a lot of nutrients. This was something that I didn't really mention in that guest pod that we did, is that her containers, you might have got a sense of it, but her containers are very large. So think bathtub, like the actual bathtub that's there. Also, once I discovered this was a hot spot, I was like, what else can I grow here? So I'm growing a couple peppers here, a jalapeno and a banana pepper. They are doing great here. Again, heat, not a lot of shade. These are things that can be a problem in my garden because. There are so many other things growing in there. Also, we have the two big mature trees that I didn't used to have. My first summer in this garden, growing peppers was not a problem, but it was different growing conditions. It was also a year that we would have turned the soil, which probably released a lot of quick nitrogen, but then depleted it. And so oftentimes if you dig a new garden, you might have that boomer first year and then be disappointed and it seems to be that's just because that nitrogen gets freed up by the turning, is quickly devoured by the plants, but then in future years, there's not as much available. I'm also growing a rosemary here in a little pot. It's doing okay, being a Mediterranean herb. It likes it hot, it likes it dry. I think I might have overwatered that one, to be honest. And I'm gonna ease up on that. Then we have one of the big experiments of the year which is my fall gold raspberry. So this was my impulse buy. I thought it was going to fit in the ground here, but then when I dug, there was a concrete footing, so the soil was only not even six inches deep, which I thought would probably not be enough. So instead, I'm growing it in this fruit basket. It's a bushel size, so it's quite large. And the thrill is that there is fruit on it. It is big, peach. Berries, and I think they're not quite ready yet because they're not sliding off when I tug on them gently. Since I've never grown them before, I don't know what color exactly they're supposed to be, but they probably are going to get a little bit more yellowy gold. But boy, that looks like beautiful fruit. There's lots more blossoms here, and you know, for one stem. The other ones are too young. They're gonna fruit next year. I'm pretty happy with that. It is obviously not miserable in its peach basket. So that's great. I do want to take a moment to talk about container soil because it can be tricky. And I think the additional care I took this year is one of the reasons the containers are performing better. So if you buy potting soil from the store, It only has a certain amount of nutrition in it. It's fundamentally a growing medium. And after about, they say like, you know, six weeks, the plants will have exhausted all the nutrition in that soil. Does that mean we should toss it? Absolutely not. But season to season and throughout the season, you need to refresh it. So I started... This year, by taking my existing containers, taking what was left in my winter sewing containers, dumping them all in a wheelbarrow. Then I added some blood meal, I added some bone meal, I added some worm compost, I added some of my own compost, I um, added a little coir which adds aeration to the soil, it makes it lighter. You don't necessarily have to do this, but I had some. So I threw it in and I mixed it all around and then I put it back in the pot. And I think that that has really helped. In terms of caring for these containers, the most important thing is keeping them watered. And that's difficult. But the bigger the container, the the more latitude you have in watering. I've also been feeding them when I remember, which is to say... I've done it two or three times this summer with a seaweed feed to help restore some of that nitrogen. It's a common organic feed. And I've been using some compost tea in there also. And I think that's doing the trick because the plants look healthy. They're not too stunted. The ones that have counterparts in the garden are maybe a little bit smaller, but relatively keeping pace. I also had some mulch on the top, some straw, in the bury some wood chip to try to keep that moisture in a little bit better which is especially useful in containers okay i think that's enough from me this week if you grow in containers and you want to talk about it drop me an email send me a message i love to hear about your gardens i love to see your gardens and uh, let me know how that's going otherwise wishing you a beautiful late summer week ahead take care